To answer is human. To question is divine. Welcome to the world of the Hidden Gateway, an exhilarating podcast exploring the concepts humans have been struggling with since the dawn of existence, such as, who are we? Is there such a thing as good and evil, or are they arbitrary constructs? Does the paranormal exist? How can we evolve to a higher state? Can our mind influence what we term as reality? Providing a transcendental approach combined with hard-nosed humanistic analysis, we invite you on a journey to question your worldview in this theater of life. Join our host, Justin Williams, as he explores the outer realms of faith, the supernatural, human potential, and even our concepts of the universal creator with a fascinating array of guests. This is the unseen world, magical, mysterious, and mystical, where your only limitation is your imagination. This is The Hidden Gateway. Welcome back to The Hidden Gateway Podcast. I am your host, Justin Williams. Now, before we get started with this week's show, I just want to ask if you haven't done so already, please like and subscribe to the show on both Spotify and Apple Podcasts. This will be a tremendous help for us to reach an even larger audience across all platforms. As always, your support is greatly appreciated, and I thank you all. And today we have a great show for you. Our guests are Samuel and Linda Bonder. They are co-founders of the Human Sun Institute, and they have made it their life's work to bring embodied awakening to a global audience. Their breakthrough approach has taken enlightenment from remote temples of the spiritual elites to the towns, households, and workplaces of people around the world. Samuel and Linda, welcome to the Hidden Gateway Podcast. How are you doing? We're doing well, Justin. Thanks so much. Yeah, it's really such a a pleasure to be here with you. Thank you again. I've been looking looking so forward to engaging with you and with Samuel. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Thank you. Well, hey, you know, I I typically like to uh, start off interviews by asking my guests uh, a little bit about themselves. I'm always interested to learn the journey from the beginnings to where you are now with your good work. So um, I guess first question I would like to know, um, how long have you all been married and when did you first start doing what you do? We were legally married in 2000, so we're coming up on our 23rd wedding anniversary in December. And we were together as a spontaneous wedding, if you will, a a marriage five years prior to legally getting married. So we've been together a long time. And I met Samuel originally back in 1994, in October, actually, right around this time. So 94... I had heard about Samuel's teachings, and I was very intrigued. I had been a very eclectic kind of seeker myself, so I went to one of his sittings, and, oh, it just really resonated with me, and what I like to say, sang to my heart in many ways, and his teachings and presence and natural ability to just be with people, you know, one-on-one and in groups was so engaging. 
so yeah and we became intimate about a year after that and marriage and i became a co-partner in our um, businesses human sun institute and human sun media and back then we called it ma Tem temple of being and other mm. other names yeah so there's a whole lot to the history of us coming together and um where we are now currently which is really exciting a lot of change and movement forward and yeah, and it's, I just have to say it's so rich being with my beloved Samuel, and I'm always so grateful to him because he started out as my teacher, and sometimes wow. in spiritual, it's like, wow, you know, the teacher and student, they don't go there, but that was very, very hand, handled with such impeccable integrity on Samuel's part. And it was very slow, you know, us really engaging with each other and exploring together. And it was undeniable that we had to be together. So that is awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that. That that's awesome. So you know, I I can tell, you know, because because I can I can feel your energy, and I can tell that your union is is divine, you know, which is which is magnificent, and and that's a beautiful thing. So congratulations to you both. Now, Sandy, I'm very interested in learning how you got started because obviously um you uh, you met linda at one of your your teachings um tell me about that how you got started doing what you do well yeah to uh see if i can boil it down you know long story to to really simple and short um i had uh no uh spiritual inclination in my childhood or as a teenager. Uh, later, my mother said, well, you were always spiritual, but you know, I didn't think that way. Uh, and when I was in college, uh, I, actually my uh, beginning of my sophomore year at Harvard, I was a Harvard uh, undergraduate. I had participated in the anti-Vietnam War demonstrations the previous spring and all the uproar at the university and got in some trouble about all that. <laughs> but when I came back the following fall, I couldn't do that anymore because I hadn't read any books or heard anything from anyone. But this understanding of how wrapped up in ourselves everybody tends to be was really haunting for me. So it was kind of like the limitations of the, the life of the ego on its own uh, impressed me so deeply that I had to find some way out. That led me to, you know, like, if you want to call it a prayer, it was a real gut prayer. You know, God, if you exist, please show up because otherwise, wow. I, you know, I don't have a way out here. And, of course, my, my way of languaging that to myself was maybe a little saltier, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you mean. <laughs> and then, what then ensued was I began to feel some kind of presence guiding me. Uh, oh, I was yeah. instructed. I began to find mentors uh, who were themselves no longer alive, some of them, like Martin Buber, who was the teacher of I and Thou, Dialogue, the Importance of Relationship. Uh, and then a little bit later, uh, at the end of my sophomore, or the, between my sophomore and junior year, 
I felt moved to turn to the east and I had an immediate, very profound spiritual awakening, like blowout. Oh, that, wow. And that just shifted everything. I mean, my assumption of a Harvard successful thing there and going on to a conventional career was out the window. I had to find a way to access that and somehow be able to have that always be my condition. That led to 20 years of seeking um, with very profound spiritual input from spiritual adepts, both in India and here. Um, And then uh, after that had gone on for quite a while, I began to feel that I was so trying to surrender my ego that I lost my moorings of personal integrity. Mm. And that had always been the foundation for me in my family upbringing and mentors when I was in high school, uh, personal honor and integrity. And that was extremely disturbing. And among other things led to my leaving the whole format of being with a spiritual master or teacher and finding my own way. And as it happened, this is now 1992, within four months, uh, the awakening process that I had been seeking and had not found all those years suddenly shot into place. And four months later, I had landed in this quality of, we've written to you, you quoted it, embodied awakening. Uh, It was obvious. And very quickly, it became clear that I, I was kind of um, contagious, you could say. My presence was somehow stimulating changes in friends and other people. Wow. And I realized, okay, let's try to democratize this stuff so that people don't have to go and bow and surrender to a teacher or a guru and be told what to do. Let's find a way for people to naturally access their own process with good help not merely on their own, but more, as we wrote in that little intro that you read, thank you, in a spirit of peership, of of an equality in being. So that's what we've been doing for me 30 years now. Uh, Early on, I met the most amazing divine gift to me of my life. This beautiful we're here. My lucky stars every day. Justin, you'll appreciate this. I used to say to people that I would cheerfully enter the most happily married man on the planet contest until it dawned on me that all of us who know we should win wouldn't waste the time to try to prove it. There you go. I definitely appreciate that. You know, it's so interesting. When I first started sitting with Samuel, as I quickly mentioned, my kind of seeking leading up to meeting Samuel was so eclectic. You know, I was diving into all kinds of different things and different theories and way different from where Samuel came from. Samuel was more steeped in the guru tradition for nearly 20 years. And that never resonated with me. I didn't even really know, understand what that was, you know. So with all of the things that I was dabbling in, when I met Samuel, and I really felt that ground, you know, I felt that authenticity and how, I, how it wasn't like a cookie cutter process where so many other things that I was engaged in seemed like 
this is how you do it and you do it for this period of time and you know it's very structured structures not wrong and bad by the way it really really is very helpful and important for a lot of people but with Samuel I felt like this organic nature that he brought forward in what was called waking down and then eventually waking down in mutuality back in the day, which we still teach, you know, there's a whole structure there and a whole teaching was so intriguing to me. And it really helped me land in myself more authentically. And I was so grateful for that when I was with Samuel, I dropped all my other things (laughs) And continue to be with, with Samuel and us together. Yeah, and so I'll, thank you. And let me add one piece to that part of the story that I think is important, which Linda mentioned, but it's worth saying a little bit more. Uh, when we began to have romantic feelings for each other, uh, I had been around a bunch of blocks and I had seen a lot of quote unquote guru scandals and teachers becoming sexually involved with their students and and the the potential damage and devastation that can come out of that if the romantic side doesn't happen to work. So I knew we were taking a risk. I trusted that Linda was very mature. We were were both adults in our 40s. Um, And so it was really important to me to say to her, yeah, I want to pursue this also. But for it to work, worst case scenario, you have to be the one to initiate all of the ways that we come together. I can't be the one calling the shots, doing the guy thing of pursuing you. I have to hang back. And so we had that agreement, and we're so blessed. It worked out wonderfully. And, and, and wonderful yeah. the, the night that I said, yes, tonight's the night to pursue him. All right. Isn't it something yeah. the universe will just bring people together, you know, yes. uh, people that are meant to be in your life. And, and like I said a few minutes ago, you two, without a shadow of a doubt, are a divine couple and leaving your footprint on humanity in, in such a divine way. I, I love speaking to, to people like you both because we have so much chaos and confusion going on in this matrix of a world that we live in, but there are people like yourselves that have been sent here to do great things and to, to, to leave a footprint on humanity and to be what I like to call spiritual warriors. You know, and and, and Samuel, I I find it so interesting how you said many years ago you had this boom of a spiritual awakening. I I want you to go into that. And Linda, if if you experienced something like that as well, I would love for you to share yours as well. Um, I know I had something similar, a spiritual awakening just a few years ago, back in 2020. And mine came through um, starting meditation for the first time. And then it kind of progressed through through psychedelics as well. I, I sat with ayahuasca three nights in the desert here in the, in the Arizona area. And, um, you know, obviously my, my life has been changed forever. The, the veil was lifted, as they say. Um, if you don't mind sharing, how, how, did, this, how did this go about for, for the both of you? Okay. 
Well, yes, at that time, this is the summer of 1970, uh, I have to acknowledge appreciating Mother Nature. I had spent a month in the Colorado Outward Bound School up in the Rockies above 10,000 feet the whole month. And there was something about being in the mountains that just cleared, cleared me out in a way. And I came down and there was a particular book that had become very popular in my generation of seekers, uh, which is called Autobiography of a Yogi. Mm. And uh, it blew my mind of all the miracles and powers and amazing states that he described that people could go into and that he had and, and his stories of others. And I wondered when I finished the book if yoga was going to be part of my path. And that was when this awakening, this initial temporary awakening took place. I heard a, an oscillating sound and suddenly it seemed to be inside the middle of my brain and I was shot up like a rocket. Uh, and literally a sense of going through some other kind of dreamlike dimension. And then there was this some kind of breakthrough that I only gathered afterward because there was, there was nobody left of Samuel having an experience, but it was the most immensely ecstatic, joyful, profound, you know, glimpse that occurred. And then I kind of, uh, sort of like a swirl of light was back in my body and my immediate thought was, okay, I guess that's a yes on yoga. <laughs> yoga is going to be part of my path. And I sought in various ways um, through different traditions and teachers and teachings. And there were, however, I, I would say there was one other, maybe a couple of other major experiences that further clarified the path. One was that after a year or two of trying to raise the kundalini, as they say, to get that energy to go all the way up again, uh, I was in despair. I didn't feel like I had what it took. And I came upon a teacher who said, that's not really the ultimate direction. It's actually seated in our heart and in a particular place in the heart, in the right side of the heart. And when I started to meditate according to his suggestions, I felt an explosion of a bright, like white hot infinitesimal light somewhere deep in my heart. And that that then took me on to that path. And as you can see from our teachings today, we're spelling heart with a capital H, sometimes smaller capital E-A-R-T, meaning the ultimate nature, God, the divine reality itself referred to in terms that are also intimate to our bodily existence. It's not just a truth that's out there. It's right here. And then some years later, and with also the divine feminine coming into play, I got to acknowledge her happily, eventually in the form of my own wife. Um, but I then went through an awakening that solidified that 
blowout right here, coincident with my everyday human life, even my mm. ego. So, so you know, and it, it took a while to kind of make sense of it because it's not the way you typically hear enlightenment described, but it's what we began making available to others. And, you know, happily through these three decades, we discovered that it really does seem to be a human birthright, this quality of awakening. That if someone really desires it, you know, you don't have to meditate for three or 50 or 100 lifetimes, endlessly trying and trying and never finding. Uh, It seems like if people are given the right resources, not overburdened with you must do this and thou shalt do that, but given the freedom, as Linda said, to explore, to find one's own way with qualified help. And the other great experience I had was then toward the end of my years with my my primary teacher, there was another blowout, but this time it wasn't out there. It was right here in this sense of divine love with and in and as everybody and everything. And that really kind of popped me out of the whole world of, of being a seeker and a disciple and led to these 30 years since of this kind of work. So I hope that made sense. Oh, absolutely. Powerful, too. Thank you. Thank you so much. And Linda, I'm so interested in, in, in hearing your story. Thank you. Ah, oh, gosh. Well, I had mentioned that I came from a really different background from Daniel, and I've always been a lover of nature and a lover of people, and I was very religious growing up as a Catholic when I was um, living in Muncie, Indiana with my family, six siblings and my parents, and I was finding God in a different way as I was growing up, but then I I moved out of the Catholicism when I was in my later teens, I guess you could say, around 15 or so. My mother was right. She says, when you feel ready and you know that it's not right for you, that's when it's okay for you not to go to church. And that was it for that. So time went on. I graduated college. I moved to California. I started getting involved in all kinds of, once again, different pieces of spiritual expressions and a kundalini process and different meditations and a lot of new age things. But there was always a place in my gut, I would call it the void. I always felt like something was missing really deep down inside of me. And I wasn't clear what that was. For me, I knew about awakening and enlightenment a little bit. I had read some things and heard teachings and and lectures, but that wasn't really the thing for me at the time when I was kind of seeking for just being more grounded and clear in my wisdom and what my gifts are to to you know manifest to to help others really to be in this lifetime more as a a uh, what we would call a divinely human being now uh, even back then that didn't really make a lot of sense to me until. I had my awakening and I had lots of different openings and lots of different energetic things all along the way and great connections in nature experiences and that sort of thing. It was really only when I started sitting with Samuel 
that the other things were very important to me. And what I like to say to the people that I work with is never negate where you came from or what your experience experiences were in the past. They have informed you greatly to this present moment. They, those experiences have, all along the way have informed you to be here authentically now. And so I was listening to that, that own particular thing in my heart, and I realized something is different about Sam. I started feeling openings and aha moments. Um, and at one point, I had what we would call a witness awakening, or sometimes people will call it more like a background awakening, where it's, it's you're aware of the observer. The observer is taking in existence. You're still here, but there's a sense of an observer or somewhat something that's registering. But for me, it felt like it was in the background. When I had that opening, which was the first awakening, on top of all the other little experiences, um, it was very clear that this this witness would, felt like it was hovering behind me over my left shoulder and that it really wasn't what Samuel was teaching at the time of second birth awakening. That's what he called it then, and we still call it second birth awakening now in some, in some of our teachings with waking down mutuality. What the second birth awakening is, is that witness, that consciousness itself, that presence, that is us and everything becomes embodied. You know, it's not a distant background sensing of an observer. It is fully you, complete in all of the manifestations of your personhood, your ego, your your relationships, especially, and and it makes you a, what we would call being living as your totality identity, as the heart of all creation, the heart of consciousness that is embodied here fully. Leaders, probably one of the very beginning leaders back in the day about talking about embodiment, you know, embodying this conscious nature. The transcendence of consciousness itself is very important for a lot of people, but when you can actually realize it as form, matter, every part, once again, then that becomes second birth awakening. And in second birth awakening, it's a stable stage realization. It's unshakable. It it doesn't leave, even through the toughest, toughest times, you still have that ground of being that you can live as and have it inform you consistently and ground you in your totality identity. So I had that awakening in 1996, two years after I met Samuel, or a little less than two years. And then... <laughs> Boy, it just opened up another whole piece of territory for me. I mean, I was very shy and very quiet when I was sitting in his sittings. You know, I hardly ever asked a question because I was so shy and imploded somehow. And after my awakening, it's like, here's Linda. (laughs) (laughs) The joke was, who walked into Linda? (laughs) Well, it was Linda. 
interesting thing Justin there is a, there's a memory of it you know because we are all that but until an individual actually has the awakening itself and you had yours in a profound way and I would love to hear more about that you know as you live your awakeness it's it's almost as if oh of course I've always been this but I just didn't remember it you know I of course I'm connected to all things all others but now the memory is so clear it's it's a past memory of not remembering and now I'm I'm here and that being here is is so rich and so lovely. And I have been graced with the honor and pleasure to help others for many, many years now, 28 years, to find their own unique way of conscious embodiment. And once again, it's not a cookie-cutter process. So my heart just opens up to these individuals. And I want to, and we are passionate about, helping individuals uniquely find their way to land confidently and fully in the heart of all being in themselves and in their relationships with others. So that's my story. Excellent. Excellent. (laughs) Excellent. Thank you. Two wonderful stories. Thank you both for sharing that. I want to get into um, some things that I read on your website. You, you have a wonderful website with uh, a lot of great information. And I, I want, you know, obviously I want to know about it, but I want the audience to hear about it as well, because I know they're going to really, really love this. So the first thing I would like to talk about is uh, the three kinds of desires that your work can help people fulfill. Um, tell me, tell me what, what that's about. And, and if you could get into that a bit, that'd be great. Thank you. Uh, well, I'm really glad you asked that because it, it it's what I was wanting to, you know, make sure to broaden out to a little bit from one kind of desire is the desire either to achieve or to deepen in an unshakable realization, embodiment of knowing, feeling, knowing, being that we are the divine that we are everything and everyone in a mysterious, intuitive way. You know, it's it's not like you're constantly having a blowout mystical experience. There's just this, I mean, Buddha supposedly said when asked what is enlightenment, he said a tacit understanding. And so there is this understanding, but it's it's not in the head merely. It's cellular. And so that is one of the desires, the desire to stabilize. As Linda was saying, have it be a stable, not a temporary state, but it is your stage of life. It is the condition of life. Or to deepen in that because, you know, the beginning, a, a second birth is one thing, and then deepening in a whole life on that basis takes us through changes. Another piece that another of these three desires is we could say the desire to clarify your life purpose, to fully activate your genius and your gifts and to bring them to the world, you know, fully deeply self-empowered and able to access that greater universal and very local nature 
in such a way that in effect all you know you're running on all, all cylinders right so that that helping people access their genius and their gifts is a, a major part of what we a desire that we can serve yeah and one of the ways that we can do that with an individual is to really help them land more confidently in themselves yeah. you, we use the phrase confidence of being and confidence in being and over time that grows with with people and they are able to really be able to speak their truth and to take some of their wisdom and really discern in their own life process and in their relationships what's working and what isn't working. And then obviously having skilled helpers and coaches, which we hopefully can help people do that, um, then that actually, with that transmission of being, that really solidifies more of that confidence. And so, and that, that turns to trust and, and love. So that's the second. Yeah, so then the third one, this is really important. You know, in some ways, over these decades, we've specialized with people in those first two kinds of desires the desire for awakening or deepening and awakening, the desire to clarify your genius, your gifts, your purpose, bring that out. But the third is something that's equally important to us. And Linda has some beautiful little statements that I wind up quoting again and again. And one of them was something she expressed, especially in the early 2000s. There was a certain point where an organizational consultant was talking with us and other people in our work and asked us what you know what are we looking to do and a phrase that linda came up with that came out of that conversation was the desire to reach and touch the hungry or hurting hearts of a lot of people and this this especially justin includes the great number of people for whom, even if they hear about it and maybe have an intellectual understanding of it, this kind of deep cellular awakening is not their drive. That's not what they're hungry for. Mm-hmm. What they're hungry for, particularly, it's gotten more so you know, as the world is getting weirder, climate change, politics gone mad, you know, the, the, the pandemic and what it the, the, the havoc that it wreaked in so many lives. More and more people are, there's so many people just need their lives, we like to say, lightened and brightened. An easing up of their stress, a, a sense of, a, of an access to that greater heart nature without the assumption that they're going to try to go through a profound spiritual transformation, but just brightening their lives, uplifting their outlook, giving them the feeling. One of our friends who's also been a donor to our work, she said, uh, she wrote her, she said, uh, it gives me comfort just knowing you're out there. Oh, wow. And, you know, that level of it is something that people, uh, the word that's coming to me to say is they deserve it. Mm-hmm. And we know mm-hmm. that simply by, like, you know, we, we look to attract more people to our site we're, we're going to add uh, some more about this process we call gazing, which is just simply 
meeting one another heart to heart, you know, having a, a moment of sharing. The eyes are the gateway of the soul. And so there's this natural infusion of one another that increases both people. So there are many ways. But what we call that is heart-illumined living, hmm. responding to that third kind of desire. You want your pain eased. You want to strengthen your resilience, your relationships. You, know, you, you want, if you're a leader, you want to enhance your leadership skills. You want to be able to manage life better. You want to not be beating yourself up about the things that you feel are wrong with you. Those are all things that we can help people with in terms of helping to satisfy that desire. You know, it comes in so many simple ways also in, a, in daily life, even going to the supermarket and engaging the person who's checking you out, you know, at the, at the grocery stand. And you engage in a conversation. How are you doing today? Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. So what's happening? When do you get off work? Oh, blah, blah, blah. You know, just simple little things like that make people feel really good. Or, you know, helping homeless individuals with a little bit of money and a bottle of water and a, and a protein bar, which we do all the time. Little, little things that are not little. They are not insignificant. These are all adding to that beautiful love energy out into the world and shifting, shifting the dynamic, even if it's ever so subtle. And, and yeah, and those, those those little things are not less than the big ones. Right. There isn't really a distinction. So you know that moment of saying saying the checkout counter gal's name to her, thank you, Anna. And you know, meanwhile, everybody's been treating her like basically she's part of the machinery. You know, people. Here's another quote from Linda. Linda Groves Bonder. Everybody needs to be loved. Appreciated, heard, seen, met, oh. adored, cared for, acknowledged. You could go on to, and on. Listen cherished. to, <laughs> embrace. You know, the, as we come into embodiment, you know, the body isn't just an adjunct to spirit anymore. These precious organisms, which don't have you know endless lifetimes ahead in this life, this body, it's really important to. Honor and love and cherish people. So that's that's the third plane of desires that we look to be helpful. That's that's so good. Those three are phenomenal, and um, I love how you said that. Um, you know, one part is not necessarily more important than the other. That they all work together. You know, I think the one of the old sayings, and I'm probably going to get this wrong, but you know, how can you say your your hand is more important than your foot, or your your shoulder is more important than your ankle? You know, they all serve a purpose. They they all come together to to enable us to have this experience to be able to walk, talk, feel, touch, all that good stuff. So that's that's really good. Now I, I do have a quick question in regards to what you just shared. How does one stay focused on that path as you provide these teachings to them? Because as we said a couple times already, we, we live in this world of so much chaos, weirdness, and confusion. And, you know, 
Um, some people have a lot going on in their lives, whether it be with their career, with their families, with their friends, or, you know, and a lot of people may feel like they're under spiritual attack. So how, how, what's the best way for, for one to stay the path, you know, because it's not easy, you know, a, a bit, a, it's, it's not easy, but it's possible. And not only is it possible, it's so worth it. Right. But, but how, when, when, when your students come to you, or I don't know if I should call them students or clients, but I'll, I'll just, I'll say, I'll say students, when your students come to you and they say, you know what, Sam, you know what, Linda, you know, I, I really believe in, in, in the path that I'm taking and, and I, I love and appreciate what you're, you're helping me do, but I don't know, you know, I have these, these hard times where, where it's, 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 it seems like I'm taking one or two steps forward and, and then three or four steps back. How, how would you approach a situation like that? Oh, that is a great question. Really great question. Yeah. And it's very pertinent uh, for me personally right now at this stage of my life or what is happening um, in my life. I won't go into a lot of detail, but there is a lot of, um, hard uh, things that I am having to hold and to be with, with um, my beloved family members, some of them, a couple of them in particular, and with friends who are going through tough times. And then you have the world situation. So you have the immediate connections with your beloveds, your friends and family and maybe co-workers, and then you have the energetic of what is happening in the world on top of all of that. So it can be really, really difficult for people. And I am, I'm like a sponge. I feel so much a lot of the time, and yet my awakening enabled me to be able to breathe through it and to find ways and means to balance and integrate what I'm taking on. That being said, that doesn't mean that I don't have my moments. I had one earlier today, you know, where I started to cry about my sister and her husband, who is on his path of dying. He is close to dying right now. And it's been very hard for the family. And I'm holding that situation. It's, it's tough. And I also know that when it gets in particularly difficult. We like to say no unnecessary pain to anyone. If you have ways and means of finding a little bit of grounding and ease and grace and a place where you can take a deeper breath and not be perhaps identified with the situations that are up for you, that is the best that you can do at any given moment. And there are lots of ways and means to do that. I'll give you a couple of examples real quick. I talk to individuals quite a bit, and so does Daniel, about a process called earthing. It is so simple. There's a great book, literally, by the title Earthing, that is a healing practice of getting your bare feet on the ground or in sand or even on concrete so that the the precious energetic of Pachamama, Mother Earth, coming up through the soil from the center of the planet is a healing energy. And trust me, it has helped me many, many times with certain things that are going on in my body and emotionally helped me ground. So that is just one example of being able to use a practice of being in nature, sitting, contemplating, 
with your bare feet on the ground, maybe your back up against a tree, uh, close-eyed meditating or just taking in your surroundings, taking deep breaths, breathing practices are important. Meditation practices are important. Getting body work is important. Being close to your beloved and having him or her embrace you and simply tell you, I love you and I'm here for you. All of these things are examples of how we can, in a moment, lessen the burden and find a little bit more of a place where we can be. Yeah, I'd like to, and I, I love your response. I'm going to come at sure. your question in a slightly different way. And that is, um, along with all of these and many other practical things, and you know, I just saw a feed yesterday, sure enough, science has proved, you know, 10-second or longer hugs are really, 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 really good for you, you know, in terms of your biochemistry and your yeah. nervous system. All of this. Uh, but your question is so pertinent to one of the, what we feel is the great gifts of our work. We feel so blessed to help people with this. And you could say that a particular focus is learning how to stop adding unnecessary reactive suffering to the normal pains and distresses and issues of being alive, to the downs that inevitably come, whether you're awake or not. You know, it's really, life continues to deliver both kisses and kicks and and a lot of blah times in the middle there. But in terms of how we help people with that, there are those, uh, we call them the three proven keys. And each of them is a way of amplifying, helping people amplify their own access to that greater heart nature, that ultimate reality that's also our most intimate sense of our identity. And so the, the process of transmission or being a presence to others that kind of signals that same presence to come more alive and awake in them, gives them more confidence in being, to use that phrase, confidence in being that Linda mentioned earlier. A second is what we call heart exploration. And that's where, in a very much non-cookie-cutter way, you know, we'll, we'll be talking with someone and they'll say, you know, this is, this is the kind of problem I'm having. And we'll say, well, okay, you know, find ways to be in this transmission field more so that you can start to access it on your own and have that much more of a connection to that greater divine nature that's with you more and more all the time. But also, let's explore, you know, what what are the things that you love to do and what what works for you? Are you someone who enjoys meditating? You can do guided meditations. Are you someone who appreciates a practice of mindfulness? Great. This process can be of help to you with respect to that also. So we help people explore 
for themselves rather than assume there's a system waiting out there that they should implement. Right. They should follow the instructions. You know, as coaches, and we're more comfortable calling ourselves coaches than teachers because it's, it's more an assumption on people's part that I'm going to be given suggestions that I can then do with what I will. And that's how we operate. We'll make suggestions. You might try reading this book or that or listening to that course or whatever. Watching great comedies on TV or otherwise. And a, a, a lot of, a lot of, brilliant. A lot of things that seem to be not very spiritual in some people's sense. But, you know, the power of a really good ice cream cone. Don't discount it. <laughs> I love that. I say to people, Justin, you know, yeah, stop shy of the stuff you know is addictive for you. You don't want to go down that route. But to deal with how difficult life is really works to pamper your inner child and also to please. Please your inner king or queen or whatever the non-binary version there is. So whereas the child might really love that ice cream cone, the inner queen or king might love sitting down and playing a really fine flamenco guitar or, or just starting to learn how to get your first chords. But something that uplifts you. So there's so many things that people can do. The third of those three keys that I want to mention is what we call heart evocation. So as an example, I'll do a piece of it right here on the spot. Justin, when you said, you know, I can see clearly that you two are here with such great divine purpose. What was going on in my mind, and I guarantee you it was in hers at the very same time, was, Justin, so are you. Thank you. Thank you. You are here with great divine sacred purpose. And you know, I wasn't I could tell just from looking at your site, hearing Matthew from Laurel, you know, getting a sense of your own story that you wrote about on your site, but then sitting down with you and feeling you and feeling how you were responding to us. You know, we just what a thrill to meet you. And just to know that we're, in effect, we're discovering we're here in each other's hearts for the long term. And we're so grateful you're doing your work. Wow. Thank you so much. So, so much gratitude. I, I, thank you for the kind words. And, you know, we're, we're, we're spiritual brothers and sisters. And, you know, without doubt, we align. And um, we, we may be on different journeys, different paths, but we, we have the same goal in mind, and that's to, to help people. We're, we're here to serve. We're, uh, like I said earlier, spiritual warriors in this divine army, um, lifting up people, leaving our footprint on humanity. And, it, and likewise, it's such, a, such an honor, such a pleasure. I have so much gratitude to, to be in your presence and that, to, to share this experience with you. So, so thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Can't say that enough. Um, two kinds of joy. Let, let's talk about that. Um, why is it totally okay for me to maximize both? Thank you. Well, yeah, just to, to give your listeners a little context here, whatever you might get out of our brief response now, 
if you go to our website at the bottom of the homepage, you can sign sign into our mailing list, and we'll automatically give you access to an hour-long talk that has this title, Two Kinds of Joy, Why It's Totally Okay for You to Maximize Both. The website, is, on the oh, website is sanielandlinda.com, and that's S-A-N-I-E-L-A-N-D-Linda.com. And it is our new renovated website right now, so we're very excited to have launched that and really invite a lot of people to, to come in. Excellent. So, so, yeah, you know, in brief, the two kinds of joy. Do you want to tell? Okay, well, I'll start. Two kinds of joy, we could say, are uh, the shakeable, the kinds that come and go. You know, I mean, the pleasure of eating an ice cream cone, there's a great joy in that. But, you know, after a while, it's over and something else has happened. And then there's the unshakable. That... People get access to in a variety of ways. For some people, it's through their profound religious faith. You know, I remember uh, you know, one of the great books of the 20th century was by C.S. Lewis, the guy who wrote the Chronicles of Narnia, and he wrote a book called Surprised by Joy. And it was that deeper joy, the kind that was with him all the time. So part of what we say is, However, you can access that unshakable joy, and that's one of our specialties is helping people do that. Um, it's also important to give yourself permission to maximize the things that are pleasurable to you, the ordinary things in life that sing to your heart, to use another's term, and not to feel guilty because you like ice cream, and it might not be exactly on a very strict diet that some people say you should have, etc. So there, there tends to be in, in spiritual circles a lot of fighting against desires and attachments for the temporary joys in order to get to the permanent, stable joy. And in our perspective, that's not necessarily so. You can you can maximize both and learn how to you know not be overly addicted or attached to anything. Um, living a balanced life, but one that has its pleasure. You know the two, the two kinds of joy that we're speaking to about are intertwined. They're not really separate from each other. And one can feed the other a little bit more at various places in your life. So it's really exciting to be able to help individuals and to, for our own selves, access the joys that we can as best we can. We should also we should also mention, Justin, that um, that talk. Uh, was originally recorded as an introduction to a whole course called Maximizing Joy in Your Life, Relationships, and World. And uh, you mentioned that uh, this would be going live a little later this month. Through the month of uh, October 2023, we're making that course available at a little less than half price 
through our website. Uh, and, you know, if someone wants access to it uh, and they aren't able to, to get to it while it's half price, if they'll write to us, you know, we'll, we'll extend that to your audience. Heard about you on Justin's Hidden Gateway. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Linda. You were saying what? Oh, I just wanted to say we're both so excited about making this course available because the idea of maximizing joy in your life and relationships, it, we engaged with some of the most profound leaders and thinkers and spiritual teachers around. We have four interviews that we did, or eight, I mean, eight interviews that we did with. <laughs> these amazing people and Ken Wilbur is one of them and Terry Patton and uh, our star and Rick Hansen yeah so there's all these great interviews and it's audio and, and visual obviously and oh, we just invite people to engage in this and really feel and listen to the wisdom of all of these profound individuals who have been such leaders and change makers in the world and continue to. Except for our dear friend, our, our, our friend Terry Patton, who had passed. And he was a very dear, close friend. And so it's great to have them. So does that does that answer your question about the two kinds and all that? Yes, yes, it sure does. Thank you so much. And I just want to take a quick second to let the audience know about your your website again. That's samuelandlinda.com. That's S-A-N-I-E-L and lynda.com. People will definitely check it out. So that's, that's very, very good. Um, the next topic of discussion that I'm, I'm really interested in, in learning about is walking down in mutuality. That seems very interesting. But what's what's going on with that? Tell me about that, please. Okay, uh, just to, to underscore there, uh, that name Samuel is like Daniel, but with an S. Yeah, I say N I E L, so that people don't get confused. Yeah, thank you. I was confused. So, do you want to start in? Well, um, the phrase is waking down. Oh, I apologize. Waking down. Yes. Yeah, that's okay. No problem. Um, yeah, Samuel came down with the words waking down. I sat with him back in 94, going through some transitions. And it was always intriguing to me. And so much of the time, people talk about waking up and having perhaps a very profound transcendental awakening, which is really profound and wonderful and then sometimes individuals feel like there's still something missing and that could very well be the embodiment aspect of being here in in this existence and so the waking down Samuel had his awakening with that definitive moment and it was true for me too in a moment I, I dropped into, we like to say that person dropped, because it feels like a profound dropping down into form, every part of who you are, from the, the ground of being, from what we would call the heart of all existence, consciousness itself. 
So that's the, the explanation of what waking down uh, meant means even to today. And many, many, many hundreds of people across the world have had this profound second birth awakening. You bring in the third aspect of, of waking down in mutuality. The mutuality aspect is also equally important because that is the awakening, not just self-awakening, but it's other awakening. It's engaging in relationships and serving others so that your awakening strengthens and integrates and grows over time even more. And vice versa, the other feels like their life is being enriched and perhaps even they have had the conscious embodiment awakening awakening of second birth in waking down mutuality. So the mutuality aspect is relationships of all kinds. You do not have to be a monk in a cave <laughs> and, <laughs> and have these kinds of uh, private practices. For some, that's, that's good. For some, that's important. For many others, we are in life. And we have families and coworkers and friends that we want to, as best we can, engage with them from authenticity, truth, and love. Very good. So, did I add to that a little bit, or is there anything oh, else you want? Absolutely, absolutely. Please do. Yeah. So, um, preliminary to that second birth awakening that I described, which happened in late 1992, um, there was about six or seven weeks before that. Uh, there was an event that took place where I literally felt as if I had fallen backward into my heart, the heart. And it was, it was one way I described it later, it was like, if you can imagine that there's a center of gravity to our sense of identity, I didn't know how much up here I was until I use that phrase dropped. And that was, that was, that then solidified further and, and the fuller awakening stabilized itself and the recognition that being or consciousness wasn't merely somehow inside, but also was coincident with everything that's apparently outside. And then, so I began using that phrase, waking down, because it was in such contrast to what most people seem to be trying to get to. And I felt, well, this, this appears to be, spirit seems to be moving in a different direction here. Let's, let's go with that. And as I mentioned when you asked about our backgrounds, there was this very profound influence for me of teaching on relationship from Martin Buber, a 20th century mystic and philosopher. And he was talking about I and thou. And so the mutuality part came in for me very early on, also in the context of knowing that what we were trying to do is to democratize this access to the heart, this capacity to own our birthright, in effect, the, the second birth birthright uh, of who we are as divinely human beings. And the mutuality part there's been so much emphasis in 
both spirituality and psychology on the self. And that's good. It's important. But then there is self and other. And so in some ways, this quality of realization is self and other realization, where you, you land here being yourself. There is a sense of a shared ultimate identity and reality of spirit with one another. And yet, so there, there's like a sameness to the whole world and to everyone and everything. And yet, paradoxically, both and, there's also these extreme differences. You know, we are unique individuals. And we're not, in many ways, we are absolutely not the same. So it's learning to live in that both and that makes the mutuality uh, equally as important as the waking, coming into these awakenings, and the down. I should say the down, two parts to it. One is coming into a sense of embodiment, landing, dropping, which also can be, by the way, very gradual. For some people, it's like they kind of ooze, so they don't notice a special moment of awakening. But they're, after a while, they're just more here. The other very important factor is integrating and recognizing and learning how to be with what's often called in psychological terms the shadow. You know, the, the, the painful, traumatized parts of our psyche and soul, the dimensions of us that are hidden, we call them broken zones or broken off zones of our identity, because they're the places we land in, and everybody's got at least a few from somewhere, where it's like, oh, here I am again. It, it, it can be extremely difficult. So our work is not therapy. We don't substitute for therapy. And in fact, we often recommend people get therapy to understand more about how certain of these patterns came to be. But we do help people recognize them and learn how to integrate those energies without being governed by them. That's so good. That's so good. Go ahead, when individuals encounter those really difficult shadow pieces or broken zones or wounds in relationships, they feel like they're not doing their practice right, or they feel like they're a failure at their spiritual being. They feel like that's going to stop me from having any kind of awakening because that's showing up in the foreground right now. But on the contrary, what we have found consistently from all three decades now is that when a person dares to drop into really gleaning the wisdom of the broken zone or the wounded relationship and investigate it and be it, I have a whole process called six-step recognition yoga, which allows people to do exactly that. It helps them drop into really fully as best you can, understanding it from a different ground. And then there is a sense of a transcending the effect of that, what I like to say, a chokehold. You know, it literally feels like you're in a chokehold and you're identifying with the issue itself. But it can be released and it can be transcended in the sense that the effect of it is transcended. It doesn't mean that the memory goes away. 
It just means that you have a different relationship to that broken zone or that issue. And that's where going back to confidence of being and being able to take another breath. Wow. Right? <laughs> that's so good. And I'm so glad you both brought up the shadow. And as you both were speaking, I thought about myself, you know, um, as, as my audience knows, I talk about it every so often. Um, I experienced a lot of trauma in my youth, and this was at the hands of my dad, my father. You know, he was an alcoholic. He was uh, this tough military guy. You know, he had long been out the military, um, and he went into the military uh, in the 50s, you know, and, um, and and this was in the South. And, you know, things were much different back then, right, especially in the South for a black man being in the military. He went in the military, I think, when he was 16, maybe 17, because um, the, the rules and laws were different back then. And he, he was kind of forced to go because my grandmother and his younger brother, um, they were very poor, he grew up in Alabama. And uh, my grandmother became sick, so he became the person that had to provide for the family. And uh, I guess he figured the, his only option at the time was going to the military and he would send money back. But um, he experienced a lot of racism. And um, as he, after he got out the military, he didn't know how to deal with what he had experienced. So he turned to drinking and, uh, you know, married my mother. Uh, they had my brother and I, and he was very abusive and very controlling as well. And because of that abuse, um, that caused me to um, shut down. I feared him. I grew up in a lot of fear, you know, a lot of physical abuse. Um, but I always tell people the toughest part about that was the psychological abuse. You know, those those scars, those wounds, I always say that those things would heal in a week or two. But that psychological abuse that I suffered, that trauma that I suffered, was what really stuck with me in my childhood. Uh, his mantra was, a child is to be seen and not heard. So I was not able to communicate. Anytime I wanted to communicate something to him or just ask a simple question, um, it was like I wasn't allowed. He would blow up. Um, and so that caused me to shut down. That caused me not knowing how to set boundaries with people, right? Um, that caused me not to have a lot of self-esteem, if you will. So I carried this, and, and, and what it was essentially, a big part of it as well, Samuel Linder, was intergenerational trauma because I learned about things that he dealt with with his father and his father dealt with with his father. So you have this low vibrational negative energy traveling through our bloodline for, for many years, right? And uh, I mean, I thank God for it. As it, crazy as that might sound to some because it, it shaped me um, and it put me in a position to, to do what I'm doing today. But my spiritual breakthrough was huge in that. And so 2020 hit, as I mentioned earlier, I go through this big spiritual awakening, learning how to meditate. I'm having these, these out-of-body experiences. I become very intuitive and all this, all this, all these other things were happening. And I, I thought that I worked through a lot of that, right? And I was feeling good. But then some, some things start to come up that, I started to have these feelings about certain people that I, other people in my life that, that uh, I had had issues with and these types of things resurfaced, right? And I, I'm thinking, wow, why is this, this coming back up? I thought I was good in this area, but I obviously wasn't. So I had to learn how to, to deal with that and learn how to work through that. And um, though it was a challenge, um, I thank the father for it. You know, I, I really do. And I say that because um, that has caused me to grow. 
and, yes. and elevate spiritually even more in return i'm able to even have a better understanding and a better and have better wisdom of certain things which has allowed me to help uh, my audience and also people that reach out to me via via email and you know different things and they say hey justin i heard you mention this on this episode i have I'm personally going through something or i know somebody what can they do so you know it's it's all divine you know it, it really is so again thank you for bringing that up that's such an important piece such an important piece when we talk about that shadow and i mean you know i, I know that i'm not done dealing with it you know but you know that's okay there, there's something else forming in there at some point along my journey right um it, mm -hmm. it, it just always comes out at the perfect time so <laughs> Oh, Justin, I am so grateful that you told Thank us you. that story. That's so profound and so, so important. And it really helps me understand, you know, part of your history for one, but what really has also helped you learn from all of that and dropped you into this profound service to others, right. which is so, so wonderful. And that is addressing what I mean by transcending the the effects of the woundedness, which you did naturally with the abuse from your childhood. And then you learned from it and you had a revisitation and that happens definitely for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. However, you gleaned so much of the wisdom from it. How beautiful is that? And then you pass that on to others and that's even better. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Oh, thank you so much. Yes. Yeah. You know, obviously it's 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 never easy, but like I always say, it's never easy. But it's 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 just so worth it. And uh, you know, this this journey. If, you know, I, I used to be like this introverted person. You know, and if if someone asked me, if would I, you know, five years ago, you know, oh, would you like to start a podcast? And, you know, those experiences uh, catapulted me into to what I do today, and uh, it's it's a blessing and. But anyway, enough about me. It's all about you two today. So um, <laughs> you, you know what I'm interested in? Exactly. We love hearing about you. <laughs> thank you, thank after, you, thank you. After the podcast, Justin, let's connect. I want to hear more of your story. <laughs> oh, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. We'll do, we'll do. So a million hearts, who is it, illuminated? Illumined. 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 Oh, sorry. My eyes are tricking me. A million hearts illumined. Ten year vision. That sounds exciting. Tell thank me about you. It. Yes, <laughs> yes, thank you. Yes. Yes. Happy to. Thank you for asking. We, uh, yeah, I'll show this off on this one. Uh, yeah, we've been through various stages of our work many changes, different kinds. And at this point, and over the last several years, we've recognized that a, a whole next phase is opening up. And uh, with the help of some dedicated friends who also helped us put together that website, and you can see in the, uh, on the appreciations page, it starts off, among other things, naming some of these folks. Uh, with the help of, of some friends uh, who have gone deeply into our process, really understand and value it, uh, we came up with the recognition that we want to have 
uh, you know, a clear path forward in terms of being able to bring this work to the greatest number of people for them then to find, well, which of those three kinds of design is really true for them and how can our work be of service to them without expecting them to need something that they don't. So A Million Hearts Illumined talks to the first goal in this 10 years. It actually started last July. So we're technically in year two here. And getting the website done was a big project for year one. Great foundation. Uh, So the, the Million Hearts Illumined is helping through ourselves, but also through others, through people we help. And I'll get to that more in just a moment. We're looking to, illumined means not necessarily awakened in this stable, unshakable way. That's, that's not necessarily where they're at. But to have their stress lightened, their souls brightened, their pain eased a bit at least by knowing that they have an access to this greater sense of the heart of the divine nature of being. And in that manner, having life be improved for them and, and again, lightened up from the extremity of all the pain and challenge that so many people are under nowadays. The second major goal is a thousand hearts awakened in this deeply embodied quality of awakening that we call the second birth. It's a unity of spirit and matter that is so profound, you can't really find a difference between the two anymore. And so to help at least another thousand people go through that awakening uh, is our second goal in this 10-year period. The third one is uh, at least 100 hearts in service as what we would call heart activators. And what that means is that they themselves in their own language, in their own way, not as clones of us, but using, using the tools of their experience and talking to the people who they come in contact with, that they are radiating that heart transmission in an effortless way, but it, it affects people. It's, it's like we call it on the website experience, uh, existential sunshine. Mm-hmm. So we invite people to become a human son and to have that radiance, which doesn't like bowl other people over. It might more and more actually have the impact of helping them start to feel their own radiance. Yes. And that's the goal. That goes to our phrase, the sun in your heart is rising. Oh, wow. I love that. Um, and that's, yeah. that's true of everybody. It's and, true of everybody. And we don't, we don't mean it merely as a metaphor. It's there's a biological light at the core of our being that is coming more and more alive and awake in and as and through everybody and all of us together. So to help a hundred people become heart activators who can live that heart transmission, help other people make their own explorations and can evoke Call people forward, acknowledge them, say, I see you being this divine one also and growing into it and having that be meaningful. Uh, Those are the kind of ultimate goals. 
There's books we want to publish. We want ultimately to be able to purchase and empower a sanctuary that also books and our other things and our online stuff will be here after we're gone. Uh, but it, it is a big goal. A million hearts of room kind of expresses the, 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 the desire to reach and touch as many hearts as possible. Wow. You, know, you mentioned books, Daniel. We've got two that are that we're going to be working on. Uh, but the, Samuel has written many books, one being Healing Spirit Matter Split, which I want to do a major loving shout out to Laurel Erica, right. right. who you you did a great interview with, I understand. I look forward to hearing that one. But I also want to just thank her very much for having uh, her telling you about us. And that's how we landed here with you today was through Laurel. Laurel also, however, was very instrumental in the making of the book Healing the Spirit Matter Split with Samuel back in the day. And there's an audiobook that Laurel is on with Samuel, and the writings are profound, which Laurel did a great job at interviewing. So I just really wanted to bring her in a little yeah, bit. She's a dear, dear, lovely, deep, spiritual friend of ours for many, many years. and. Yeah, I love her to pieces. <laughs> yeah, Laurel is awesome. Laurel is awesome, no doubt about it. You know, as you both were were telling me about uh, a million hearts, you know, uh-huh. I just I had this vision of you know just a million people on that same vibration, and it, it just came to me that that is going to happen for you. It is going to happen, but it's not going to happen as you may expect it to happen. And I know you, you said a million is, is the goal, but um, there's divine intervention in this, and it's, it's going to be a lot more than a million. Mark my words. Thank you. Mark, mark we, my words. we accept your affirmation as the voice of God speaking to us. Thank you. Oh. And actually, Justin, we... We were on the phone with a friend of ours, um, a man named Amir. Uh, just today, said just, exactly. Just today, uh, and I, I was telling him that part of the joke for us, because we know that it's not about us, Daniel and Linda, personally having to reach and touch a million hearts, uh-huh. but rather that those we touch are also touching others. Yeah. And one of my jokes about it, yeah, rippling out. One of my jokes about it is, you know, with the people like Amir and certain of our, one of our friends who is deep in this awakening process uh, is the founder of a coach training organization for more than 60,000 people worldwide. So part of the joke for us is we should go ahead and just retire now and hang out on the beach. It's already underway. There you go. And you know what? And, and, and it just keeps hitting because you said, and see, this is how it works. You know, there are no coincidences, right? And that's just what I believe. No coincidences. You just said that you were on the phone with a dear friend named Amir, right? And, you know, obviously our audience won't be able to see what I'm about to show you because it's audio only. But I spoke to my good friend, Amir. I have a good friend named Amir today, too, that I spoke with at 2 o'clock. You see that? Amir? At 2 
It's like the uh-huh. third one. So I have a okay. good friend named Amir as well. And ah. I tell you what, and, and it was it was business related what we were talking about, but it's just a confirmation for me without a shadow of a doubt what I what I said uh, that it's it's going to happen. It's not going to happen, you know, not necessarily how you think it's going to happen, but it's going to be a lot more than than a million people. But then now the third part to that, it's going to happen before 10 years. It's going to be close to 10. I'm feeling like like right around eight or something like that, you know. So, I mean, you all mentioned just a few minutes ago, um, well, I just lost my train of thought, but... (laughs) You know, things things are speeding up, you know. And yeah, that's what it was, Sam. You mentioned a few minutes ago how, you know, there's there's been this, you know, for lack of a better term, you didn't not this is not verbatim, but you know, there's been this like great awakening, if you will. And I think you were speaking of the heart. And uh things are being being sped up and uh wow, that that, that really blows me away. So you 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 two have some amazing things in store i tell you some amazing things in store for you we want to invite people to come to our website sign up and listen to that talk the two kinds of joy we also yeah, I was just going to say, you, know, you can be on our newsletter where you'll get announcements regularly about yeah. uh, bi-weekly mm-hmm. events that we do for free online with yes. beautiful people from around the world. Um, very organic uh, communion of mutuality with these beautiful people. So we have one tomorrow, as a matter of fact. <laughs> yes, which is our, on the events page on our site. If we call want. them heart gatherings. Heart gatherings, the other thing we want to do um, is, you know, for those who get excited about this vision, and we're so moved by your excitement oh about gosh, it. Oh, my gosh. We've got a, uh, it's actually called a, a Million Hearts Illumined Benefactors Circle. So if people go to the donate page on our site, uh, we certainly are going to need more and more financial help as we bring all these things into being. And anybody who would like to contribute, what we want to say is this is a way for you to make a million hearts illumined part of your legacy in the world simply by supporting work. Yes. And we welcome people to come forward that way. We will deeply, uh, very, very deeply be grateful to them. Thank you. Yeah, it's very much needed right now because we have these other projects and the two books that we mentioned that are in the queue, but, you know, there's a whole lot of things that have to happen for us to fall into place to really manifest a lot of what we want to do to continue reaching the hungry, hurting hearts, to help individuals land confidently in themselves so that they can continue to be change makers in the world. That's what gets us up every day. This is our heart's passion. We've been doing this for a long time, and we want to continue on so many different levels with profound beings such as yourself, Davis. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You know what? You two should write a book for couples. You know, I I don't know Mm -hmm. if that aligns with your your mission, but I mean, you two have been together a long time and you two are like twins. You're you're, you're one. You're equally yoked. 
and you know how relationships are nowadays i think it's a lot of people that could benefit from that i mean you got you two are doing it right you know i i love it <laughs> that would be cool <laughs> thank you so much there's actually six books we want to write there are the first two that that are primary here, we list them in the vision page of our site. We mention them in the subtitles. Uh, Becoming a Human Son, A Call to Help the Light in Everybody Shine. Uh, that's one of them. But another book that we feel um, it, we'd be very blessed to be able to complete the whole cycle, one of them is uh, going to be something like what you're talking about. We call it the Tantra of Trust. Mm. Not meaning Tantra in terms of specific exercises with energy and spirituality and all that. I mean, that can be part of it, but it's the, it's the, the coming into deeper union and communion through not only love, but also trust, trust in self, trust in the other, trust in being. And uh, thank you for asking for that. Um, we feel it's an empowerment as well as a request. Awesome. 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 Now, um, before I ask you the final question of our chat here, I just uh, want to ask you one thing. Is there anything else um, that you all would like to share that we haven't discussed yet? We've covered quite a bit. Yeah. Well, you know, you, you just mentioned uh, we should write a book about relationships because we're, we're twins. <laughs> <laughs> I love, I love that. No one's ever said that before. Yeah, and I find that very refreshing. Yes. It is actually that we we think so much alike. We move in the world very similarly. Mm -hmm. I mean, our, our, our desires and attractions and needs are very similar. And that's one of the reasons why our relationship is so solid and has been for 28 years. You know, and well, longer, actually, if you don't count the, the married years. So it's really profound. And I want to mention to your listeners that we take great delight as a couple and a coaching couple to do extended programs with people. And that could be an individual or a couple. And we've done both, quite a few of them. And usually we, what we do is we have a whole proposal around a six-month program that we can dive very deeply in to with the individual or the couples. And we have found through the years that you'll see through some of the acknowledgements on the appreciations page on our site, these individuals drop so fully into their needs and desires and move forward in either their awakening or their service to others or their business or their relationships. And it is just part of how we love doing our work in these programs. And it's we structure it according to the needs of the individual or the couple. We listen very deeply. There's a whole process of engaging with us. Yeah. So I did want to mention that. Thank you. Thank you. And if, you, if, if a listener or a couple listening goes to the appreciations page, scroll down. There are a couple of couples who have their videos there, and they're really, really wonderful to listen to and watch. Andrew and Uta. Yes. Yeah. Andrew and Germany. Uta, and also a, a gay couple, John and Richard. Yes. Um, the other thing uh, that I wanted to, to add in on that is 
there on the appreciations page, but also in the offerings page uh, at the beginning of offerings, we mention you can request what we call a discovery session where at no charge complimentary, we'll get on Zoom or on the phone with someone. We ask them to fill out a simple little form, a few questions to give us a sense of who they are. And we'll be happy to have this dialogue and see. You know, the whole idea of discovery is we don't know if it's going to be a fit, but let's find out. And in any case, let's make a connection. So that's available. And the other thing that occurred to me in response to your question, I'm so glad you asked that, one of the things that I loved about encountering you is you call your podcast and your work The Hidden Gateway. And part of what we want to say, and we can't go into all the details of it now today, but part of what's so exciting about the heart coming alive and awake in this, we could say, self-democratizing way, where it's, you know, it's popping up. In, all, in and as and through all these bodies, not necessarily because they read a book by us or anything like that. But there's a, a, a hidden gateway in, in and to a part of the human heart that has not been very well known, even in traditional spirituality. It seems to be a kind of a next evolutionary step. And it initially came through more of the traditional guru-disciple or master-disciple relationship. But now it's as if that awakening power has liberated itself so that more and more it's what we're helping one another do together without the hierarchies being so profound that they kind of lock people into superior and inferior. I hope that makes sense, Absolutely. but that's something else we can share. It's very, to me, it's extremely exciting because we can just see it's, it's crackling, it's happening. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it's also interesting the name of your program because when I heard it for the first time, I went gateways. That speaks to a, a whole teaching that we have that are 12 gateways to your, your divine insistence, you know? Sort of, so yeah, there's a, a parallel 12 gateways of waking down and not mutuality. And our other teaching that complements waking down and mutuality is called the white hot yoke of the heart. And on our site, you'll see the, the main gate, the, the main logo for waking down and mutuality, which has these 12 gateways around with words describing the different parts of the work. So that's part of the artistic expression. There's a whole lot more, but I know we're running out of time. Yeah. So. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yes. I think you said you had another question. Is there still time? Yeah. Yes, uh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. This is something I ask each and every guest that appears on the Hidden Gateway podcast. It's what I like to call a token of love. I would like each of you, both of you, um, to leave our audience with something that you believe or you know that they need to hear right now in this very moment, something that they can take with them as they continue their journey. What would that be? Great question. Love. 
Yeah, take take your time. No, no rush, no hurry. If you just wanna, you know, take a take a few seconds, a minute or so to 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 think about what you want to deliver. That is absolutely fine. Oh, I love that. just spontaneously. I oh boy, I I almost tear up. Well, I am tearing up. Um, feeling into worldwide pain for some people, and there's a lot of good happening right now too. Don't get me wrong, but. Feeling into the individuals who are really struggling with physical pain, loss, um, a sense of not knowing who they are and what their purpose is here, a sense of feeling so alone and pretty much invisible. I would like to say directly to each and every one of you out there who may be feeling the level of that, that my heart is with you. I don't know you. I, I spread my love and my feeling sense of where you are. I've been there, and I want to tell you that there are ways and means in very many different forms of accessing a little bit of relief from some of the discomfort that you might be feeling. And encourage you to find your unique path and your unique ways and means, whatever that might be, to land comfortably as best you can in yourself. I just like to say blessings on your journey, no matter where that leads you. Mm. Beautiful. Send great love to all of us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, so I'll uh, build on that. Um, this is really addressed to everybody, every person. The sun, S U N, in your heart is rising. This great power, this one great heart, we spell it very carefully, signify we're talking about the ultimate reality. This one great heart that we all share, we all share it, not only each of us being a little part of it, but actually each of us being the whole thing. Uh, and you are that, intrinsically. And as that sun nature rises, you become more and more conscious of who you are and of all the pieces. And we've talked about that today. Not only the light short parts, but also the darker, the shadow parts, the difficult parts. Find your way, as Linda was saying. And we are here for you. You are here with great purpose. Justin, your story is a great story of someone who has found the way to con convert great adversity into great purpose and great service. We're all here to help one another on this journey. And 
Linda and I are here for you. Uh, please come visit our website. Just come hang out and you know read some of it. And uh, there are these great appreciation stories that people have put there on that page. Uh, but we're here for you, uh, and we're always being the heart with you in this communion. There was a great moment in my life where it dawned on me, wow, everybody is all right here. We're all here together. Space and time are real. And on another level, there is no difference and no distance between us. And let's learn how to live on this basis, to care for one another and all the other living creatures. Linda and I like to say, they're all people too. All our relations, as the indigenous people said. And we can convert this planet into a sublime place for every kind of living being that inhabits it. And on some level, the heart won't settle for less. So let's let's do this thing together. All right. All right. All right. Shania and Linda, thank you so much. Those were beautiful words. Uh, prolific. Uh, I tell you what, what a way to start the weekend. And hey, I can't stress to the audience enough to check out the website, Good People. They have newsletters, they have um, classes, meetings, all types of things going on. They have books uh, and books to come. I mean, so much, so much uh, that will enlighten you, that will help you all along your journey. And if you could, really quick, Samuel, give that website one more time to, to the good people. Yes, thank you. It's www. And then it's our names, and I'll say it, and then I'll spell it very clearly. SanyoAndLinda.com. Samuel and Linda, all one word. Uh, no hyphens, Samuel and Linda. And it's spelled S-A-N as in Nancy, I-E-L-A-N-D, Linda, L-I-N-D-A dot com, SanielAndLinda.com. It's newly refurbished after needing to be for years and years. We're so proud of it. it actually, Justin, thanks for asking again. It dawned on us recently that bringing the new website live is like a second birth for our work itself. <laughs> wow, awesome. <laughs> there it is. There it is. Well, hey, thank you both you again so much. So, oh, go ahead. Uh, you say it again. I was just going to say, you know, uh, please uh, come join us uh, on our, our list. We're at the bottom there of the homepage. We say we'd love to stay in touch with you. Yes. And the, the little button when you sign in with your name and email address, the little button says stay in touch. So we'd love to be in touch and to just share this journey together however we Indeed. may be. Indeed. So and come join us. It has been to be with you today and your skill and your your presence and your heart and care. Um, thank you so much for doing what you're doing and having us on your profound program. Can't wait to tell our entire list about oh, you. Yes, we will. And yes, so thank you. And also, Justin, a personal note from us to you. By the way, we so appreciate your getting so personal with us and your listeners as you did today. But if there is 
any way we can be of help to you and your family, please don't hesitate to ask. Please don't think we're too busy, blah, blah, blah. We are deeply connected with you for keeps. And if we can be of help in any way, let's see. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Much gratitude for that. Uh, you two are wonderful. I love what you're doing. I love what you stand for. And uh, so, so much, so, so much love uh, right now. And um, wow. Um, hey, you know, I, at this point, I'm speechless. <laughs> but thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And to our audience, uh, I know you enjoyed this episode uh, as much or even more than I did. This is uh, one for the record books. Um, as always, please stay connected with us at thehiddengateway.com. Shoot us email at support at thehiddengateway.com like a lot of you do. And uh, thank you. Thank you, as always, for pushing your mindset towards a better reality. And this will conclude this week's episode. Until next time, stay positive, stay questioning, be love, and be free. The Hidden Gateway, out.